Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Happy Wednesday night, November 24th, this eve of Thanksgiving. I'm Justin Labar. He is Alfred Kunawa. Another Wednesday night to talk about AEW Dynamite and more wrestling headlines here on the Wrestling Inc. Uh, podcast pages of YouTube, Twitch, and wherever else you may get your podcast. Alfred, how you doing? Good, man. Back in Chico, California for the holidays. Of course, we've talked about Chico a couple of times on this podcast. Uh, the land of stars. This is a star-making territory that uh, is very fertile with star power from uh you know brian cage who's in the news this week and uh, aaron Rodgers and myself uh so it's good to be joined by all of you and apologies in advance if the signal goes fuzzy but uh you're in chico california just enjoy the star power and the rub everybody's going to get from this wonderful city you mean chico gave you the key to the city but they didn't give you stronger internet <laughs> yeah still trying to figure out that security key but uh, we'll see if it works Good stuff. Well, I trust you're in Chico to spend time with the family on this uh, holiday week, as we hope everybody uh, tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to us live uh, Wednesday night, we hope everybody tomorrow has a safe holiday and, and has it with loved ones and has something to be thankful for. We are all thankful for each other. We're thankful for this podcast. We're thankful for Manscaped, our wonderful sponsor of this podcast episode, which we'll touch on in just a little bit. Uh, but Al, before we uh, go to AEW Dynamite, coming from Chicago, let's touch on a few of the news headlines, all of which you can find in full on WrestlingInc.com. Let's start with Johnny Gargano. Uh, Johnny, his contract, uh, believed to have previously was going to expire on Friday, December 3rd, but he's uh, now uh, had it extended. Uh, we're learning that it's been extended by a week, and this is going to allow him to take part in the War Games event, which is going to take place Sunday, December 5th. This all according to Fightful. Fightful saying that his contract has now been extended, like I said, a week to Friday, December 10th. So uh, Fightful goes on to note this has kind of got a parallels to the Adam Cole situation in the sense of uh, he's sticking, adding a little bit extra time to at least get the commitments of the booking uh, done that's right now. And, you know, that's being looked at as a, you know, a, a positive thing to the office that, hey, this guy's willing to do business. He's at least, he's at the very least, he's going to go out the right way and uh, let us finish, you know, what we have booked for him and for the, for the territory. Uh, I guess the question is offered, is this a true repeat of an Adam Cole situation? Does Judd Gargano find himself, uh, you know, on TBS in January on AEW's programming? 
he, he could leave. I mean, I'm not as excited about the idea of Gargano to AEW as I am in terms of this latest free agency class. I mean, you've got whether it's O'Reilly, Kevin Owens, or Gargano. I mean, the Indies are kind of struggling right now, and I'm more interested in the idea of these guys rebuilding the Indies, and eventually it's going to have to come to that whether or not they want to go to AEW because AEW cannot take on all these guys, and even if they do, they're not all going to thrive. So there's just a lot of free agents out there, and we need to kind of figure out how to rebuild yeah, uh, you know, kind of going off uh, what you said there, Alfred. I, I, I don't think this has as much juice necessarily behind it uh, as Adam Cole's uh, did, and then there's, you know, so, you know, where's the leverage? Where's, where's the, where's the, where's the difference at here for Adam Cole or for Johnny Gargano in, in relation to the Adam Cole situation? You know, does Johnny have the leverage? Does, does he want to stay? Obviously, he was missing. You know, he's been Mister NXT as Johnny. Uh, it's a very different NXT than what it, you know, was when he got there. So uh, this, this is. It's is it's intriguing, but maybe for different reasons. Um, as you said, heavy, you know, very busy situation right now on the Indies in terms of the names, the talent that are out there, and obviously Ring of Honor basically being no more. So we'll keep an eye. If, if I had to guess, I would say that Johnny Gargano is going to stay in the on, on, in the WWE umbrella. Um, I, I think he would stay. I think he'd seek it out and, and seek to, you know, make the most of what he can. Maybe the, you know, maybe maybe he has better opportunities waiting for him maybe on raw or smackdown i'm not sure but I, if i had to guess just because the market is so flooded right now of talent i think if johnny can get another good solid contract and stay um where he's been and stay where his uh you know his, 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 his wife is i think that's probably uh you know the best thing to consider um for johnny gargano hi hello are we back i see you hello everybody <laughs> <laughs> you good Alfred's freezing up on me again. There he is. I feel like I'm. Uh, my looks like it's back. Can you hear me? Am I am I back? You're there. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Sorry, everybody. I apologize in advance. Uh, that's uh, number one. I think we're good now. All right. Alfred's back with us. We think we'll keep him. All right, so uh, we take a look at Johnny Gargano. Let's take a look at some of the stories uh, real quick here. We got Stephanie McMahon. Uh, she was doing an interview recently uh, with TalkSport, and it was, uh, the conversation came up about her daughters, the three daughters that her and Triple H have, 15, 13, and 11. And uh, she talks about how, uh, you know, one daughter kind of wants to be, wants Pop-Op's job, wants Vince's job. Uh, she also talks about how her oldest daughter, uh, who's already started training in the ring, uh, and her youngest daughter uh, is is all personalities, and, uh, you know, so we'll keep an eye on her. So, all three of them have some maybe connection potentially uh, to the business as they get older. Uh, I mean, I guess the kind of the question is, it's, it's right there for them. It's kind of like, what's, what company would they be stepping into in 10, 5, 10, 15 years, you know, whenever the time may come for each of those uh, young ladies? So interesting thing to watch. Uh, I like the idea that there is a McMahon in training in terms of pro wrestling. I was very surprised to hear Stephanie McMahon kind of nonchalantly just be like, oh, yeah, by the way, my 15-year-old is training and wrestling right now. And I'm very surprised that she's, like, working the ropes and whatnot. That's it's good. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see which one of these McMahons the next generation wants to actually be a wrestler and which one of them is more captivated by the office side and which one of them maybe isn't even interested in wrestling at all because, you know, when you have kids and you want them to go one way as a parent, sometimes they end up going a completely different direction direction so i think it's pretty encouraging that uh, at least one of them wants to get into the family business and i'm very interested to see how that works politically moving forward in terms of the opportunity she gets and how the internet receives that type of star yeah i mean what 
what pressure being, you know, I, I mean, just the pressure that's there. I mean, obviously Shane and Stephanie felt, I'm sure some of it in their own regard when they had to work their way up from, from the bottom up, but then, you know, again, being, you know, a, a daughter of Stephanie and Triple H, just the pressure you feel if you want to pursue, not if you don't want to go to the office, route, but if you want to pursue the in-ring portion uh, and just, you know, locker rooms can already be a little bit hostile and political in the first place. So a uh, lot to a lot to watch there, but very interesting that the, that that the girls are, are are showing interest. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that as as the years go on. And finally, uh, one of the craziest stories we've had in recent time. Obviously, this past Monday, everybody's probably aware by this point that Seth Rollins was attacked by a fan who jumped the barricade at Barclays Center uh, and basically speared Rollins. And until Rollins got him in a headlock, and the, and then security was able to separate and uh, and take this person. Uh, away uh, it turned out his name is uh, eliza spencer and uh, he spoke with the new york daily news <clears throat> alfred this is a really bizarre story so basically eliza spencer in this interview is, is kind of revealing you know what why what motivated him he's 24 years old what motivated him to jump the barricade and attack seth rollins in the manner he did and he basically reveals that he had some interactions in the past i think 2019 uh he had some interactions in the past with a what he thought was Seth Rollins online it turned out to be a, you know, a catfish, a bogus, you know, fake Seth Rollins account where this account, you know, basically extorted money out of Spencer and got him to, 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 to pay money and do things again, all under the uh, guys that, he, that he's talking to Seth Rollins and he's trying to break into the business and, and, you know, would realize that that's not the case. And so Eliza Spencer, you know, that was apparently motivation. Uh, it's weird. There's, there's like the, the real aspect of that, of like, Okay, I'm I'm mad that I got scammed by who I believe is Seth Rollins, but then there's like the then there's like the bizarre, it's still real real to me, damn it, kind of thing where he also says and admits that he also jumped the barricade because he wanted to help Finn Balor, uh, of course Rollins, you know, who was taking on Balor. So like there's this bizarre uh, blurring of lines of, you know, it, it, it was this, was this a personal matter? Did he actually think it's a personal matter or? Uh, was he like really wrapped up in the show? So I, I don't know. It, it, it was pretty, you know, I, I, I remember being at Barclays for the, um, for the hall of fame when Bret Hart was uh, attacked and that was scary. And I remember, you know, where I remember watching, it felt like in slow motion watching the guy who, who would, you know, wasn't even really a barricade, but he just jumped in the ring. And I remember watching him come across the entire arena floor as he slid in and just had that weird, that had a very, ominous feeling like it just felt like this is not right this is scary what is this guy doing and this is all of course going in just a matter of seconds but you just go back and feel that it's very scary and then you know watching this happen to Rollins very scary stuff I mean this guy uh, got a clear shot at him this was not uh this was not you know we've seen other guys jump the barricade and try to get in the ring and you know they, maybe they don't even make it to the ring before they're tackled by a security arrest but this guy you know came around the staging area and just a full-on running tackle on Rollins and I mean thank god Rollins was not actually seriously hurt um, but you know, scary stuff, uh, scary stuff. And, you know, wh- wh- whatever the motivation may be, it's, it's no excuse. Hopefully, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I think Rollins got, was talking to TMZ. I'm with him. Hopefully this guy, uh, you know, is, is banned from any, any future, from any future WWE events because just too, uh, too, too crazy, too scary, wild stuff. Like, I always think, like, too, when people jump the barricade, like, what is the, like, I, there's a difference between when there's, like, the drunk idiot that's, like, oh, like, you know, somebody dares him, oh, you wouldn't get in there, yo, you're not as big as him, and, like, they just do it to, you know, it's the same guys that just want to, like, you know, drunk streak across, across like, a football field or, or, or the soccer pitch. Like, it's one thing when it's just, like, the drunk, obnoxious motivation, 
But like when I see like this, and I when I see the the, the guy who uh, you know tackled Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame, that the scary thought is like, what is their motivation? What what are they trying to hope to do? What what are they capable of doing? What do they think they're capable of doing? Um, that's the scary stuff. Um, you know, whenever these things happen, and, you know, and Seth Rollins, like you know, he, obviously he's, he's he's him and Becky are together. They just had a baby, I believe. We've learned that they, they you know they're traveling you know, around on the, on the luxury buses, a lot of the top talents eventually, you know, kind of gravitate to, to avoid air travel and, and all that stuff. And so probably traveling with the, the newborn baby and, and whatever other family. So like, you know, when you put it in that perspective and you think like Seth's family, Seth's, Seth's, you know, child potentially was steps away, you know, on property. It's just a scary, scary thing. Uh, these people, um, you know, just crazy people doing that. Like just stop jumping the barricade. Will you please stop jumping the barricade? Uh, I think Alfred's trying to jump the barricade. Is he back, or did security tackle him? There's Alfred. All right, we have a visual on Alfred. Do we have audio on Alfred? Hello, do we have audio? Can now we have audio. I now I hear you. Okay, okay, we're gonna have to do this from my phone. I think this is gonna be the better way to do this. Um, and uh, I know you were talking about the Seth Rollins fan. That guy's crazy. That's my take. Yes, very crazy, very crazy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just stop doing it, guys. It's just not its not worth it. It's not worth a night in jail, not worth being banned. So, All right, uh, Alfred, let's get into AEW Dynamite. Now that you're back with us, I didn't want to get into this part without you because this might be the most interesting part of the entire night, and it is the first 20 minutes of Dynamite. Uh, CM Punk comes out for his match, but, oh, the match is going to have to wait as he's interrupted by Maxwell, Jacob Friedman. There is a lot of bulletin board material to unpack in this, so we'll kind of go piece by piece. Hopefully I don't miss anything. Uh, MJF talks, it starts it out for quite a bit here, talks about how, you know, the pipe bomb, that's what Punk was best known for. And, uh, you know, but MJF says, oh, you, your pipe bombs, I drop nukes. And then says, you know, I'm going to verbally finish you quicker than your UFC career. And then Punk fires back that MJF stands for my jealous fan. <clears throat> and maybe one of the bigger lines of the night, CM Punk says, MJF, you're just a less famous Miz. And then begins, uh, we, we start naming other uh, WWE wrestlers and promos, talking about pipe bombs, talking, uh, you know, we start naming Punk, start saying, um, or, or excuse me, I'm just start saying that you should be called PG Punk. You know, you, you should be out here preaching hustle, loyalty, respect. You've always been second best, whether it's to that you can't see me guy or whether it's to the King of Kings guy. Uh, Punk fires back, hey, I was selling out MSG when you were still marking out for Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, and Punk goes, you know, MJF, the only way you'll be number one is if we all sit around and wait long enough, and if Tony Khan has a daughter and you marry her. Uh, th this was just chock full of, you know, pot shots. Um, Alfred, what do you make of this? Do you like the – does it does it, does it it hurt AEW in any way to have to use WWE names and references to garner heat? Does it make them look less, or, or is it just smart of them to do? I think it's smart of them to do, and they do it in certain segments. These are top stars when they're really trying to get the heat for the main event segments, and I don't think it's a problem yet. I think that if they start becoming known for this, there's always going to be a ceiling. But as of right now, that's something because you pretty much wait for a couple of years to decidedly that they get these big reactions. So I don't think that it's a problem. Uh, and I actually enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it. I don't have a problem with them making WWE references at this junction. I will say that I did think that CM Punk outclassed MJF in this promo. I love this. I thought MJF was good. Uh, 
early on, they had some references where, you know, in terms of whether it's Cole Cabana, whether it's the UFC reference, which he did make, or see, he did it in a way where he blew past references to Cole Cabana. So I do the creativity, whereas I think Punk had a lot of creativity with his yeah, uh, I mean, I think the thing is, I think, honestly, it's like, you know, everybody, um, you know, I, I think sometimes it's one of the criticisms that WWE gets is that, you know, that they don't acknowledge anything else, uh, that they that they that they act like they're the only thing that exists in the pro wrestling space. So, I mean, it probably does, at least right now for, for AEW, I mean, you know, hey, acknowledge that there are other people, acknowledge that CM Punk was somewhere else, which is where his name got, you know, reached the height of its fame. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, overall, you know, I don't mind the references. I don't know if calling him a, a less famous Miz. I don't know if actually starting to name guys and doing comparisons like that. You know, it gets it gets a big, ooh, he said that. But I don't know if those kind of lines do good. But I don't see a problem, um, you know, making mention of, oh, you're second, you were second best to Cena or second best to Triple H, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of addressing things. And even Punk himself addressed in so many ways, which is, hey, I want that damn spot. Give me that spot. I'm your world champion. Why am I not the last match of the night, you know? Um, so I think there's a line to walk, but I, I don't I don't mind them mentioning it because again it's just kind of just being transparent, which is you know AEW's been better at that at just you know going with what the with what the fans uh you know what, what the temperature is, which is hey the companies all exist. Uh, so we'd see Punk versus QT Marshall. Uh, no real surprise here, CM Punk gets the win with the GTS. I gotta wonder, Alfred, when do we eventually see the payoff though of Miz or Miz? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the problem. There we go. When do we get the payoff of MJF? <laughs> And Punk, I mean, I don't think they have another pay-per-view until February. Of course, they do have a special, which they advertise later in the night for January 8th. It's called Battle of the Belts from Charlotte. Well, we can talk about that as well here in a minute. Uh, I'll be curious when they decide, to, you know, how long can this war of words go until it's time to pull the trigger and have these two guys? Yeah, I could see Battle of the Belts. I don't think that's too early. I mean, we've got another month or so until that. And I do think that they could wear themselves thin just cutting promos against each other because this is what this feud is going to be based around is the different promos they can cut. But after a month of this, I do think it could start to get old. You know, I, I think that there has to be a peak and a crescendo to them going back and forth to where they finally fight. Yeah. And I wonder if there's anything off turn. I wonder if there's anything off limits. Like, I wonder if there's any list of like, you cannot say this in these promos. I think the Cole Cabana thing, I think we found out tonight, just all the places that MJF went, the fact that he did not even speak that name in Chicago. I think this is a place to do it. If you're going to make a Cole Cabana reference. And I think that's the thing in terms of you know, being very salty at the moment. I think that might be the thing that's off limits. Yeah. We don't want to, uh, don't want to dig up that legal, legal wound again. Right. All right, we see Eddie Kingston backstage. He's interrupted again by 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. They eventually throw a uh, drink on him and then have to be separated. Kind of a little bit, a little bit of a brouhaha going on back there uh, with Kingston and those guys. Back to the ring, we get Colton and Billy Gunn up against Bear Country uh, with a little bit of distraction because Austin Gunn's also out there. Colton's going to end up getting the win here. Uh, but the real story is post-match, Sting comes out, and then as, uh, as Austin Gunn goes to rush Sting on the stage, Darby Allen is just shot out of the tunnel and just, you know, gives him just a straight shoulder tackle, leveling him. Uh, and then they go to the ring and scare off the gun. So, uh, you know, here's, here's Billy Gunn, who just looks in phenomenal shape for his age. Here he is uh, with his boys and, uh, you know, getting getting thrusted into a, a big spot here, a regular, uh, regular rotation on AEW programmer and now against uh, one of their hottest acts and Sting and Darby Allen. So this is, uh, this is, this is, this is, Showing the depth that AEW does have right now of, of calling upon uh, Billy Gunn and his sons. 
and you talk about depth. I'm looking at Bear Country. Like, man, the fact that these guys are just kind of enhancement talent at the moment where they're just there to kind of take a loss and they're not really featured on TV. These guys are very impressive looking. And I'm just thinking, like, hopefully there's a window for them to do something because I really do like Bear Country from a visual alone, just enormous men. And I do like the fact that uh, Colton Gunn and the Gun Club are actually now getting a shot with somebody who's in a bigger position like Darby Allen. I thought Darby looked very explosive doing that dive out of the tunnel. Uh, it was just, there's really nothing like him in terms of how fast, maybe, you know, you can compare it to like a Leo Rush and whatnot, but just based on the crazy dives that Darby does, I really do like seeing him do that. So this is good for the gun club. I really do like it because I do think Austin and Colton uh, can be very talented and uh, big players in terms of AEW in the future. And they're now actually getting their shot. Yeah. You mentioned bear country visual, uh, visually, uh, they look great for the pro wrestling space visually. I don't know if they're using manscaped or not. I cannot confirm manscaped. Of course, our wonderful sponsor of this podcast. And with the holiday season here, whether it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, whether it's Hanukkah, whether it's Christmas, whatever it might be, this is the perfect time for you to get into Manscaped. Whether you want to join the over 4 million men like Alfred and myself or whether you want to gift it for your buddy or for your significant other, any of those options are possible. The global leaders and below the waist grooming have the performance package 4.0 and they're hooking you up with 20 percent off and free shipping that's right receive 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code winc20 and the performance package 4.0 is the perfect package for your package it's got the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer the crop preserver ball deodorant the crop reviver toner the performance boxer briefs very comfortable and the travel bag shaving kit to hold all of those goodies no matter where you're going whether you're traveling to chico california or you're right there in your home bathroom. Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade that reduces those grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology. That's right. A lot less risk of, uh, of, 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 of trying to, you know, gig yourself and, and, and get in color, brother. Uh, it's also got that 4,000K LED spotlight. It can go on or off whenever you need it. It also has uh, the fact that it's waterproof. So that is a big win for your use of the Lawnmower 4.0. Also in the package, there's the weed whacker to chop your worst weeds in the top of your nose and ear. Uh, it's got the 9,000 RPM motor power, 360 degrees rotary dual blade system to provide the proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent the nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate areas. And of course, we can't forget the liquid formulations that are like the pumpkin pie of this entire Thanksgiving feast. That's right. The liquid formulations, uh, the ball deodorant, the crop reviver, toner spray, and just launched the brand new body wash, the two in one body wash, shampoo plus conditioner. Uh, and this is going to have that signature, signature scent. That is uh, famous with Manscaped is going to help unlock that confidence again. Whether you want it for yourself and you want to be selfish, or whether you got to gift it for somebody else, can make a great stocking stuffer. Manscaped.com. Use the code WINC20. Save 20%. Get that free shipping. That's what's going to make your holiday season just a little bit better. Manscaped.com. We thank them very much for the support of this podcast. Before Thanksgiving, before you have your turkey, make sure you turn the ball. There it is. So we mentioned the uh, January 8th Battle uh, battle of the Belts. It's, it looks like another one of these uh, Dynamite specials that they seem to work in around the clock. It's coming from Charlotte. Uh, you can't think Charlotte and not think about uh, technically a free agent out there. Uh, Alfred, did it cross your mind? Is this a potential date? Uh, does a Ric Flair enter the Forbidden Door? Um, I don't know if it's too soon or not. I mean, it would be a fun moment. Uh, I don't know how far away Ric Flair is from last time he was canceled, I guess you consider. He does have a podcast. He's back out there. He's fighting with Becky Lynch. 
We have heard the rumblings that he might come back to AEW or come to AEW either, but North Carolina would be perfect. I mean, obviously, that country, I'd be very surprised if it happened at this moment. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he does have a new podcast out with uh, Mark Madden. They're out every single week, I believe, on Wednesday. So uh, already after a couple of episodes, making some headlines with what's uh, coming out of there. So we'll keep an eye. Uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair there. Obviously, Charlottesville and WWE. Andrade's in AEW. Rumors of who's following who on social media. Don't know what to make there. But we'll, uh, we'll see how that all continues to unfold. Uh, we get some w- women's action here. We get Jamie Hayter versus uh, Thunder Rosa. And, of course, uh, Thunder Rosa's outnumbered with uh, Rebel and Britt out there. And the... Thunder Rose is going to end up getting a win here. She's going to advance in the tournament. Um, yeah, you know, a good match. I thought some of the distraction spots were, again, these are more on the weak spots of AEW with how they uh, sometimes bury the referees, to be quite blunt. But uh, overall, Thunder Rose wins. But but the match itself was very good. Very good women's match, I thought. It was. And anytime you have to look up the ref's name, because I remember that it might, it was Rick Knox, but I just had to look up like, God, this ref's doing a bad job. But I have to see which ref this is. Uh, and it's not the referee's fault, obviously. It's more in terms of how the match is booked and how that finish is booked. That referee looked like an absolute fool in terms of just, quote-unquote, being distracted for as long as he was and all that was going on for him not to see it, I think really kind of took away from what was a good match. This is Jamie Hayter's best match for me uh, and you know, against a talented Thunder Rosa, but I think it was sullied by that finish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was yeah, one of the better – I mean, not even just Jamie Hayter. Again, just one of the better women's matches that we've had recently. Uh, so, I mean, shout-out again to both of them. Thunder Rose advancing in the tournament. <clears throat> All right, up next, we mentioned Colt Cabana earlier. Colt Cabana versus Brian Danielson. Uh, we get the uh, stat thrown out there on commentary. They've had five career singles matches t- against each other, four of which Danielson took the win, one that went to a time on a draw in Chicago, in fact. So, Colt Cabana still chasing his first victory against the American Dragon, and uh, it's not going to get it here. Daniel Bryan, uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danison's going to get the win. Uh, post-match interview, he says he's going to continue kicking the heads in of members of the Dark Order until he gets to Hangman Adam Page. He, he says they're going to be in the Atlanta area next week. He calls out any Dark Order uh, member who's from the Atlanta area. Hangman Adam Page comes out. He says, you know what? Let's just go ahead and do this right now. I want to fight. Let's go ahead and defend this title right now. And Brian says, oh, no, of course you would do that. I just had a match. Doesn't want to do any of that. Uh, well, nonetheless, brawl still ensues between the two. Uh, and then uh, Hangman Page uh, misses the uh, buckshot lariat as as, as Danielson uh, just pulls out and backs out. So, again, commentary kind of selling. When are we going to get this match? Again, another one that they're going to kind of, uh, you know, milk and string along. And obviously they've kind of shown us a formula what they're going to do. It, it seems like Danielson's just going to do a dark order gauntlet uh, until the time and place is ready for he versus Adam Page. Yeah, and I, I like in terms of Brian Danison being a heel, you know he's going to have to try a little harder because people inherently want to cheer him, but he's doing a great job not only with his heel promos, but I like that story they're telling of Brian Danielson constantly getting challenged by Hangman Adam Page. This week, Hangman was in full gear, ready to go, and Brian Danielson now had another excuse as to why he doesn't want to do it. So I think that this should be a staple of this feud, is that after every one of these matches that Brian Danielson wins against the Dark Order – Hangman Adam Page wants to go, or maybe even before one of these matches, Hangman Adam Page wants to go, and Brian Danielson always has an excuse until it happens. This is really good storytelling and a very easy way to get him booed. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, I like <laughs> I like Brian uh, throwing a little callback to the fickle of the fans being fickle. Yes. Oh, they like that. I heard a couple of people really pop for that when he said fickle. Yeah. Yeah, the fickle, the fickle is a big pop. Speaking of what is a pop and what's uh, not, what, what what the fans are liking, what they're not, we get the main event tonight here. 
Uh, and, and a person of interest, of course, we'll talk about. We get the Malachi Black, FTR, and Andrade versus Pac, Lucha Brothers, and Cody. Cody, again, resounding boos for his uh, uh, WrestleMania-style entrance that he does and to, you know, with his special entrance that he, that he gets. Uh, and you know, big note here is towards the, uh, the first part of the match as he takes off his uh, weightlifting belt, throws it in the crowd, and they proceed to throw it back. Yeah, they do. Um, and to which Andrade then kind of impromptu grabs it and then just throws it under the ring. You know, as I'm watching this, Alfred, this was a huge distraction. You know, one of the guys, I think it was, I think Dax, Dax and somebody else, maybe Pac, they're they're going at it in the ring trying to carry on the match. And nobody has any care of them. Everybody's just all about uh, booing Cody and engaging in this. It's almost like Andrade throws the belt under there just to get it out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> Cody then has the security guard and, and that's in the ringside area go and get the belt. It gives it back to him so he could put it back on. He would eventually throw it to the crowd later. But let's just talk about Cody before we even get to the match and, and where the, oh, the stories are all going. Um, where is the line, Alfred? At what point do we say, okay, he's being stubborn? He he he, he doesn't want to turn because he wants, like, at what point is it, is he being stubborn? Do you get where I'm going at here with this? I absolutely get where you're going with this. And based on the reaction he's getting, which is palpably booed, you're going to naturally think, all right, this guy is going to have to turn heel. And yes, at some point, he is considered stubborn. At the same time, this is fun. I, I have no problem with this. I think he should ride this version of Cody out for as long as possible because it's so authentic. And the way we're covering this segment is a commentary on this to where it's like, before we get to this match, let's talk about Cody and his reaction. Uh, I think Cody was like bigger than this match. Like this is your garden variety eight man tag, a very good match. I really like what we saw in terms of action wise, but the story coming out of this match was Cody's reaction. It's gotten to that point where it's really overshadowing things like this. And I think they need to learn how to kind of corral that to where the next time he's in a singles feud that really, really means something, I think it's going to really pop off based on these reactions he's getting because there's nothing like this in AEW. Uh, we There are some heels there who are heels and they act like heels, quote unquote, and they get the heel reaction. That's fine. And then there's baby faces who get a baby face reaction on that coin. But this in-between thing is very unique to AEW, and I think they need to ride this out and figure out how to corral it. They did it with John Cena. They did it with Roman Reigns. Maybe not as successfully when he was a babyface, but they still were able to get some pretty hot main events at WrestleMania out of it. And I would like to see this version of babyface Cody Rhodes getting, quote-unquote, rejected by the crowd because these are very loud, authentic reactions that overshadowed this match. Yeah, and I mean, look, <laughs> weightlifting belts are no joke. They're not like <laughs> So to have to have the fans throwing it back in the ring, uh, that's not you know not 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 your best uh, safety practice. Yeah. <laughs> and I was shocked that he threw it back. That he went back a second time. Like he really wanted to prove his point because that could have gotten dangerous. One of them, I mean, it was relatively close to Aubrey Edwards' head. So yeah. uh, I didn't think it was a good idea to go back and throw it in the crowd again. Well, the second time he threw it, he threw it to you know the people that are on the hard camera side, which you know traditionally can be you know friends or family or or, yeah. or or what have you so i i wouldn't put a pass that he threw it to somebody or some bodies that maybe he knew that they and knew that they would not throw it back which right. all the more reason if that's the case kind of got me going man what a stubborn kind of feeling and like just of <laughs> uh, you know the best thing you could hope for is to keep throwing in the crowd and they keep throwing it back um you know i mean we, we all remember john cena throwing sh you know his shirt into the crowd as he so famously does and then, and then you know, when you get a run really crowd throwing it back it's just it, it gives a whole new life of energy so yeah, we'll watch where this Cody stuff goes. But nonetheless, we have the match going on here between these uh, heels and faces. Uh, a lot of action here, a lot of athletes in this ring. Ultimately, though, we're going to get the Black Mist 
uh, Black's going to hit the or spit the Black Mist into Pac's face, and the Pac's going to get um, spiked by Andrade. So Andrade and the heels stand tall. Uh, so again, it kind of just you know again it makes me just question like with Cody going back to Cody, what is the plan or 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 what's what's the audible now of of the plan? You know, he obviously he's been feuding with Malachi Black, who's just had his number uh, since showing up. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just curious where they're going with this. This was kind of a very open ended way to finish Dynamite in terms of you know it kind of wraps it, it is what it is. These four heels got the win. Uh, okay, what next? Where do we go now? Yeah, it's too long now because they've had a tag team match over uh, here. I would really like to see where they put singles because again, it's going to be interesting. What it takes to be here? I think it would be a leap for them to really stretch and and have Cody play maybe another match now way to go history was a mistake and maybe. Oop, I think we lost Alfred. Well, Alfred, Alfred's, uh, I don't think we only lost him. All right, well, we're going to, I think we're going to call it on Alfred for the night. Well, oops, he's coming back. Maybe. There he is. Shut up, I really did jinx myself. I shut up. Alfred, we're losing you. Sorry. We're keep, we keep missing you. All right. Well, that's going to do it. It's kind of a, you know, kind of got to the points of what we wanted to get tonight. But obviously, I think the biggest kits tonight is looking at MJF and CM Punk and where we're going to go from that. Uh, of course, keeping an eye on where the Cody uh, situation goes. Again, big thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you uh, celebrating that. Uh, be safe. Be smart. Uh, of course, we're back next Wednesday. Alfred and I will be for AEW Dynamite. It's going to be in the Atlanta, Georgia area. We'll see where things go from that. Of course, WrestlingInc.com. They have all of your news and headlines every single day, 24-7, even on the holidays. So make sure you're following them. Of course, podcasts all around the week here on YouTube, Twitch, or wherever. Make sure you subscribe to the Wrestling Inc. accounts. Uh, thanks to everybody. Appreciate it. Again, thanks to Vanscape, and we will see you next week.